This is original music by native Chicagoan Melody Angel. You can find her on Spotify. These are sounds from the Families Belong Together rally that took place on June 30th in Daly Plaza in Chicago. It was a scorching hot and humid Saturday. Similar rallies were held across the country in solidarity with migrant families unjustly separated and held at the border. The rally was emceed by Oscar Chacon of Alliancia Americas and Ahlem Jabara. Chicago's own father Michael Flager gave the first speech. Good morning. My name is Mike Flager. I'm the pastor of St. Zabana Church on the south side. How, how hypocritical it is that this administration who prides itself in family values and pro-life is aggressively promoting ripping children from their parents and caging in children and families and then trying to hijack the scriptures to justify the ignorant, immoral acts that they're doing. But I understand them because we have whole communities in the south and the west side that are caged in and separated one from another. This same president who is obsessed and aggressively protecting the flag dishonors what the flag stands for. Donald Trump disrespects women, demonizes races of people, normalizes lies and bullying, affirms racism. Well, Mr. Trump, not only will we fight until every child and every family is together, but Mr. Trump, understand, we are coming together. Black and brown and white and young and rich and poor, gay and straight, we're coming together. And we will resist your fascist moves. We will fight for truth and justice and freedom and people. And we're not going anywhere. Reverend Myron McCoy of the First United Methodist Church at the Chicago Temple reminded us of the responsibility people of faith have and of the many racial injustices committed by our country in the past. As we gather today, the truth is that we in faith community have not always stood up and acted consistently with our faith values. But we recognize it now as our responsibility to drain this swamp we now find ourselves in. So we are here because we recognize, embrace, and affirm all persons regardless of country, of origin as persons, as members of the family of God. 
friends, we gather boldly and proudly proclaim that families belong together. Yet I must regrettably admit that there are those we are here today because a number of folks who call themselves persons of faith has confused theology with racist ideology. And who in their circumstance of privilege in this land are living in the fear of a coming U.S. society that looks like Chicago where no tribe is a majority. Unfortunately, such spirits have allowed us to see, we haven't been allowed to see and live this horrible movie before, as our governments have split up families and detained children with such fears. Before abolition, children of slaves were born into slavery and could be sold by owners at will. After 1890, Wounded Knee Massacre, authorities forced Native American families to send their children to government schools to so-called Americanize them. In the 1920s and 30s, local and state authorities used poverty as a reason to take children away from Native American and black families. During the Great Depression, local authorities in California and Texas participated in a mass deportation of Mexican immigrants and Mexican Americans whom they blamed for the economic downturn. Anywhere between half a million and a million Mexican immigrants and Mexican Americans were pushed out of the country. And many families felt that they were being forced to separate from their children who were U.S. citizens. In 1942, when the U.S. was at war with Japan, an estimated 30,000 children were separated from their families. My sisters and brothers, what we have done in days past and what we are doing to children and families today who are seeking asylum and who are looking for a better way of life in the name of pursuit, in the name of punishing and deterring those who are seeking refuge within our border is downright wrong and plain evil. Families belong together. Virginia Martinez, an attorney, gave us a first-hand account of the situation at the border, as well as explaining the frightening conditions in Central America that drive many people to seek asylum in the U.S. The first time I volunteered at the Family Detention Center in Dilley, Texas, I was horrified to hear stories from women about the Border Patrol holding facilities that they referred to as yeleras because they were so cold and pereras because they looked like kennels. I was so angry that these women and children were being mistreated by the government officials whose salaries we all pay. First, you should know that while they are called family detention, fathers and older siblings are sent to different detention facilities. The Dilly Center is run by CoreCivic, a private company. While the conditions are better than the Yaleras and the Perreras, it is still a jail, a baby jail, with inadequate medical and psychiatric services. 
I have heard horrific stories from women about why they are forced to leave their homes. The hazardous month-long trips across Central America and Mexico and the dangerous crossing into the U.S. to ask for asylum. The stories I have heard gave me nightmares. Families are being extorted by gangs, some of them because they own small businesses, drive buses, or even just selling face cream on the street. If they can't pay, they are threatened with death or their children's death. When I see preteen boys and girls, I know that they have been recruited by the gangs. The girls are told they are old enough to be a girlfriend. If she refuses, she is kidnapped, tortured, and raped. Twice I have heard that the gangs now call the moms so that they can hear their daughter being tortured. Parents have no choice but to leave. The fear driving these families north is real. And we don't have clean hands in Central America. We, the United States, is to blame for much of this violence. On the long, treacherous road here, they are frequently further victimized. One woman told me she had been raped by two men in front of her six-year-old son. Another had been kidnapped in Mexico and held for ransom until her family here paid for her release. Once they come into custody at the border, families are taken to the Yaleras and Ferreras. Their belongings are taken from them except the clothes on their back. The holding cells are so cold that one woman told me she took off her blouse and wrapped her baby in it and put the baby between her legs to try to keep him warm. Women have told me that they are awakened by border agents kicking them. The children cry and they are given no medical attention. Children are traumatized by what they have seen along the way and by border agents who scream and call them names. Even before this current crisis, children were traumatized in custody as they saw cousins and other relatives taken away. In Dili, they cling to their moms. These jails are inhuman. It's time to end family detention. End family detention. Jean Mishima of the Chicago Japanese American Historical Society gave her account of the appalling internment of Japanese Americans many years ago. Hello everyone, my name is Jean Mishima. My entire family and I were incarcerated and interned in the War Relocation Authority camp at Gila River, Arizona. When Japan bombed Pearl Harbor on December 7, 1941, the FBI immediately rounded up the community leaders in the Japanese communities put them in the local jails without any legal charges, search home without search warrants. Some of these men were returned to their homes, some were transferred to the Department of Justice internment camp. And when President Franklin Delano Roosevelt signed Executive Order 9066, that gave the authority to round up over 120,000 Japanese Japanese Americans and put them into internment camp. It was deemed a military necessity but in today's jargon, it would be called a matter of national security. Not one person of Japanese ancestry anywhere in the United States, territory of Hawaii or Alaska, was ever charged with espionage and sabotage. Each 
person, individual assigned a identification number. We were, I was, uh, we were no longer known by a surname. My identification number was 43055C. My family of five were housed in a room 20 by 25 foot in a barrack. The only running water was in the mess hall and in the laundry room. Our daily ritual was um, waiting in line each day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, waiting in line to use the bathroom and the shower facilities. The lack of privacy was one of the main concerns in the camp, especially in the laundry room, and I mean the bathroom and the uh, shower facilities. The Chicago Japanese American Historical Society's main purpose or mission is to educate the general public on the civil rights and racial profilings of Japanese Americans during World War II. Hopefully the history will not repeat itself. I stand here today in support of families belong together. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jean. Ahmed Rehab, executive director of CARE Chicago, gave a stirring speech. Assalamu alaikum, Chicago! Peace, Chicago! Muslims stand against family being ripped, families being ripped apart. We stand with family unification and against separation with the diverse communities of America. My dear friends, it is a hot day. Thank you for coming out on this hot day, but I'll tell you two things. One, it's even hotter at the border. And two, the heat in these crowds around the country today are enough to melt ice. Estamos unidos. We are united. Muslim, Latinos, African-American, Asian, white, Jewish, Christian. We are all united and we stand against hate and bigotry. Everything that you are seeing today, whether it is young children being ripped from the arms of their parents at the border, or whether it is the Muslim ban that determines your national security threat, not based on what you've done or what you might be likely to do, but based solely on where you were born, whether it is police brutality against African-American youth or once upon a time internment of Japanese people, it all comes down to the same basic question. Should race and or religion determine your rights and privileges in this country. Trump, Trump and his movement have answered the question with a resounding yes. And we answer no, no. From the very beginning, the Declaration of Independence had high- The next speech was by Irene Romulo of Organized Communities Against Deportations. My name is Irene, and I'm here on behalf of Organized Communities Against Deportations, not as official endorsers of this march, but rather to lift up important lessons that we've learned defending ourselves, starting with the deportation regime that was implemented under President Obama. Initially, this march did not start out with immigrant-led organizations at the forefront. It wasn't until organizations that we work with stepped up that we were included in the final planning. Immigrant and undocumented voices should never be an afterthought. As our family in the disability justice movement have said, nothing about us, without us, is for us. 
we will lead our own liberation. Many of you are coming out here today because you believe that families belong together. And while that's the message echoed across the country, we need to be bolder than that. Trump, his administration, and Jeff Sessions heard that message. And you know what they said? Our families will now stay together, but in cages. It is not enough that we ask for families to be together. This moment is a continuation of the violence that the U.S. has always inflicted on people of color. What is happening to children and parents at the border is an outrage, and we should and are organizing long-term against it. Jeff Sessions, empowered by this administration, is using immigration law to criminalize and incarcerate any person that crosses the border, regardless of their background or if they're seeking asylum. To keep families together, we must call for the removal of Jeff Sessions from the Department of Justice. This immediate moment of violence demands the immediate intervention. We must shut down Sessions and decriminalize migration. We believe that calling for an end to family separation must also be tied to a call to abolish all jails, prisons, policing, and ICE. ICE was created 17 years ago out of the same Islamophobia and anti-Arab sentiments that are behind today's Muslim ban. Other speakers included Minal Giri, Mani Ruiz Velasco, Colleen Connell, Lenny Mana Hoppenworth, and Erica Bachner. Several victims affected by the broken immigration system also spoke. After the speeches, protesters began a march down Clark Street all the way south to Harrison Street. Thousands of protesters were visible and the sound of chanting filled the air. Then the march headed north up Dearborn Street, back towards Daly Plaza, where thousands of people remained for some time. Some people cooled out by the fountain, others danced, and families could be seen together. We'll close with a classic sung by Melody Angel. This episode was recorded, hosted, and produced by Ibrahim Beg. The views expressed by the speakers do not necessarily reflect those of Radio Islam or the Sound Vision Foundation.